Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dinner is served. That's right, we're talking The Quill, Episode 5, Season 1 of Hannibal on Dish by Dish. Well, greetings and salutations there, Internet. It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, coming to you once again from FBI Behavioral Science Unit Headquarters. This is the Dish by Dish, a Hannibal Rewatch Project podcast, the sister project to Kill by Kill. Um, And as always, there is only one person that I trust that if I am going to pick some people out at random to turn into flesh angels... She'll point out which ones have their heads lit on fire. The one, the only, Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Well, you know, it's not hard to miss if someone's head is on fire. Yes, but not everyone sees it, and that's the problem. You gotta be in the right place at the right time, and maybe have had a near-death experience as a child in a burning building. The 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 the, the right place in, in uh, this place happens to be Trenton, New Jersey. Yay, New Jersey <laughs> represented finally. Finally, something great happened in Jersey, specifically <laughs> Trenton, a lovely town. I spent a little bit of time in. Um, the, <laughs> this particular episode, um, while decidedly grody, uh, and sad in parts is a real pick me up from episode four. Yeah, uh, what you can really say about this episode is it's definitely another how the fuck did this get on network television moment. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you do wonder how they ever thought they were going to get away with it. And yet, I think because at the time, you know, you have uh, The Walking Dead coming out and, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the Walking Dead definitely pushed it. For 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 the gore, and yet I feel like here it's it's somehow more, well, the you know, no pun intended, visceral. Like it yes. just feels more like I, I feel like The Walking Dead is kind of more. It got a little bit numbing after a certain point. You know, here it's just like it's very startling. Yeah, and um, it's obviously a direct visual reference to a moment from the film version. Of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I did. I did. In fact, jot down a callback to Silence of the Lambs. Yes, very much so. It's and, almost and, as if and, they worked backwards from there. And one that we would uh, later see to a certain extent in Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know when it happened, and I think this is a grislier version than what happens in Silence. Yes, it's just. And because you see it from so many, yeah, oh yeah, it, it 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 sounds the lambs. It's like a like a not even a ten second shot, and and, no. and here you see it several times, several yeah. angles, and and I'm done on more than one person. Yes, uh, that. So let's get into it. We the episode starts, of course, um, with uh, Will Graham wandering the roadside in his. Uh, rotation of very dark gray and gross uh sleepwear <laughs> i don't this is permanent <laughs> permanently sweat stained i think is the idea uh, i i don't i believe it was the previous episode we didn't really bring it up because there's so much to talk about but there's a sequence in which hannibal goes to feed uh will's dogs and uh, ends up like f- finishing a, a fly uh, fisherman hook that he's working on. <laughs> it's just really getting into his biz. 
and he opens up this drawer of uh of just white t-shirts and white socks that are perfectly laid out and you're like when does he wear that because every time i see him he's like wearing something from the mash collection (laughs) he just looks permanently rumpled (laughs) which is which is a contrast you were saying in the last episode about how how you know pressed and 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 perfect hannibal's outfits always are and and he's like will dresses like a 35 year old college student (laughs) he's dressing for comfort and there's always a very brisk uh cold front moving yeah there's just you know layers everything's a little too big for him you know the 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 you know it is you know unknown when when's the last time it was washed yeah and and yet his drawers filled with clean clothes, uh, but here he's wandering the roadside. He and he's sleepwalking is what we we learn. Uh, one of his dogs has followed him out, uh, which I think helps him not be arrested on site because if a dog knows you and you live there, they're less likely to think you are just whacked out on meth wandering <laughs> the roadside. Probably a skosh of white privilege uh, being dashed in there. Well, yeah. Um, but this is the the first sort of inkling beyond him being a super sweaty sleeper that something is going on inside Will that's not just uh, my thinky parts hurt. Uh, there's something deep inside of him that might actually be severely broken. Right. And, and, and again, this is something that... that- Red Dragon as a book and, and like Manhunter barely touched upon. You, 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 the whole thing was, you know, he was, he discovered what Hannibal Lecter was doing. Mm-hmm. The Hannibal Lecter attacked him, almost killed him. And then you're supposed, the idea is that he is traumatized from that particular experience. Yeah. Not from years and years of doing behavior, you know, kind of doing, you know, sort of in-depth behavioral science. Yeah. You know, he's traumatized from the singular encounter with Hannibal Lecter that, that left him near death. Here, it's something entirely different. He was already hovering over the abyss before he met <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. Yes. It, it is argued several times that he never should have been introduced to field work in this particular No, area. absolutely not. Uh, but he doesn't get a lot of sleep obviously and then is woken up very early the next morning to uh go to the aforementioned trenton new jersey uh where... they were, like teleporting <laughs> <laughs> yes i i feel like I, I, he lives in virginia he lives in he, he keeps they mentioning wolf trap which is in virginia yes um and so that's about a four-hour ride from 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 wolf trap to trenton Yes. And it's just like, oh, yo, yo, get ready to go. And then like, and then he's still tired from not having slept the night before. <laughs> it's like, did you like, you know, did you just like, you know, blink your eyes and just pop up there? I assume, I'm going to assume that the FBI has some sort of a jet that takes Well, yeah, that's, there. that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, your taxpayers, at, your tax dollars at work. True. Uh, we didn't mention in the previous episode, you know, when they go to rescue that last family. That why didn't they just send the police? Like, why are they waiting for Jack and Will and the BSU forensics team to show up with guns? (laughs) Like, it's it's always weird when they show that investigate like that BSU team 
who are usually putting things under microscopes just whip out guns. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they all do the same thing, despite what the, despite what television may tell us. Yeah, it's a little fa- again. It's it's a beautiful fantasy. We're not coming to Hannibal for realism. No. And speaking of coming to Hannibal for realism, a no-tell motel in Trenton, New Jersey. So it turns out that the local PD have discovered a crime scene. They want nothing to do with it. They bring in the the FBI's BSU and will (laughs) enter the door and we see two naked people with their back flayed open in two ways so that from their haunches, basically from the base of their butt up to their shoulder blades, two chunks of flesh have been ripped upwards and are hooked with fish hooks and fishing line to the ceiling. And then the people have been positioned in such a way that fishing wire is keeping them knelt down with their hands in prayer at the foot of a bed. And it is gross yeah it's it's really gory and again this is this is not like how you see for like a split second they linger on this oh you see every part of it it's just they they don't hide it and when you think oh see they're getting it all out of the way here later in the episode you get to see it again and and you and you get to see what apparently is a is a pair of remove testicles (laughs) you know because that's what was missing literally boom um i don't think that's how a rim uh shot goes but did uh, you did you uh did did you like like work a little bit when will's like i need to lay down to bed (laughs) yeah give me a plastic sheet i gotta lay down I gotta lay down, you know, with these corpses in front of me and like a, a an end table covered in vomit about five inches from my head. I mean, one of these episodes, he's gonna make a request. And I need one of these people to go, give me a fucking break. It's like, ew, why? Like, you go into dreamland from the side. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> like, you gotta be right up in that bed. And he's, he- I mean, even grosser. There's no plastic on that headboard. No. It hands right up against it. I mean, you're going to go at the best of times. You don't want to lay down on, on that kind of on that kind of motel sheet with nothing to protect you. Yeah. Cats dips her finger right into some vomit. It's <laughs> <laughs> the closest close up of vomit and just her sticking her finger into it like, oh, oh what do we got? What do we got here? Here, gents. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Can you, I'm. Like dollars to donuts, it's vomit, right? You don't have to touch it. I mean, we all know what vomit looks like. (laughs) And if there's one thing I learned from this is Spinal Tap, you can't dust for vomit. (laughs) But you can find out that the person who vomited is apparently taking a cocktail of cancer drugs. Yes, which uh, (laughs) Abrams just is like, okay, that's for that, that's for that. That's that, like, no one needs to, no one's Googling this. Yeah, bada boom, bada bing, he's got a brain tumor. Yeah, that's a, that's a recipe for a brain tumor right there. So we got a guy with a brain tumor who likes to sleep in front of angels he makes himself. Now, we know who the, the face of this guy, because we see him from the cold open on. And one thing's for sure, he likes a lot of ice. And two... 
if he sees people with their heads on fire, that is not a good sign. Well, it's it's not a good sign for two reasons. It, the first reason is he, he will kill them and turn them into flesh angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing is they're actually bad people, as we, yes. as we, as we find out. He has apparently, it's not really explained, uh-huh. but, but I don't know if it's, you're supposed to imply that it's the tumor doing this or just some sort of weird, you know, gift from God, ironically, that yeah. he can, he can tell when somebody has done bad things because it, they, a, they, their heads appear to be on fire. It's a weird juxtaposition between that. And the dinner conversation that Hannibal has with Crawford and his wife, in which he smells her. Yeah, that's a, that's the first time because that 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 was definitely something in uh, in Silence, like that he apparently has this really like crazy sense of smell. Yes. Um, and so he's like he's like kind of sniffing and then like you know, really drinking it in. Yeah, kind of making a little sexy. <laughs> but the problem is, like when you smell someone, it's never not creepy. <laughs> yes, as witnessed by the person that you and I and everyone who's listening to this should vote for, sniffing people. Uh, whether they know it or not, always comes off creepy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what your reasons are. Yeah. That's just a tip from kill by kill or dish by dish, by dish. whatever show we're doing. Now, I can't tell. <laughs> it, it applies to both. Yeah. So speaking of the dinner between uh, featuring um, uh, Hannibal Crawford yeah. and Crawford's wife, uh, yeah. her name is Phyllis. He calls her Bella. Uh, yeah. She is played by Gina Torres, who is now sadly Lawrence Fishburne's ex-wife. Oh. They apparently they split up at some point after the series oh. ended. Um, oh, I thought they were still together. Nope, That's... they split up two years ago, oh, which is a shame because I mean it's it's always interesting to see real life married couples, especially playing you know a situation that as we will soon find out, it's very painful. Yes. Um, but they're so comfortable and they're they're both so good looking. <laughs> yes, they are extraordinarily hate, attractive. It, yeah, it's just a real shame when people are that extraordinarily good looking, and then they're like, oh, this can't work out. Come like, <laughs> on. Are you kidding me? It's like you want to look at some other face besides that every day. Come on. Yeah. Oh, come on. Like Gina Torres. Uh, first off, uh, just a fantastic actress. Second of all, like a Greek goddess. Oh, I think we were all robbed. Not that we have a bad Wonder Woman, but I wish at one point she had been Wonder Woman. I just that feel like work. she would have been. I can see that. I can see that. The greatest Wonder Woman. Um, but she's great in everything that she does. Um, and luckily, I think she's found a, a, a very solid TV life for herself. But in this scene, uh, they serve, he's, Hannibal serves them foie gras. Yes. And, and I have to ask, have you ever had foie gras, Patrick? I have. I've had foie gras several ways. I've had it in terrains. I've had it hot. I've had it cold. Um, I have always... I've had it on top of fries. Oh, my God. Uh, I've always been. It's delicious. <laughs> You're still alive. <laughs> and I'm still alive. It's not an everyday food. Oh, God, and, no. No. And it's also uh, cruel. It's a cruel and terrible thing that tastes good. I, I actually tried it for the first time last year, if you can okay. believe that. How was it prepared? Um, It was a schmear, basically, on a plate. Okay. And when they and when they, they served it, I was like, "Oh, this is so small for this price." Mm. 
yeah. <laughs> and I put it on the fork and I was like, like my, my heart seized up for like <laughs> 10 seconds. I made, pe- I, I made peace with my God. <laughs> I, I, I told my family in my head that I loved them and I hope that they would remember me well. <laughs> and then my heart gradually started beating again and I was okay. It's like, we can get through this. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah. I was like, come on, just, you know, like, uh, uh, oh, fuck, uh, um, Jesus Christ, how come I can't remember the actor's name? Uh, on Saturday Night Live, uh, Chris Farley, the yes. whole punching himself in the chest thing, <laughs> his heart restarted. That was, that was me at this high end restaurant. Yeah. Fragra is in decidedly rich. Oh, God. Um, it is made, if I remember correctly, by stuffing breadcrumbs into one of the organs of a goose. Yes. Into the liver of a goose. Yes. It's perhaps? goose. It's goose liver. It's goose liver. Yeah. Um, and of course you can't, you have to force feed them to do that. Yeah. It was so, actually Ill- illegal, I believe, to serve here for some time. And then, and then they lifted that. So, yeah. Um, but, but you know, if you, I, if, you if, if, if we were to die of a heart attack from eating foie gras, we would fucking deserve it. <laughs> yes. Honestly, you're kind of asking. For yeah. It. it is perhaps the most decadent and, you know, you're on your way to get your head chopped off. Exactly. Have yeah. A coming sort of food. It's like up there with like, you know, a hamburger made with gold leaf. Oh, fucking gold leaf. It's, it's seriously. <laughs> I hate it. Um, foie gras better when it has a char on it for me um it releases some sugars that way so you get and and warm it tends to go down a little bit better but yes you don't want a lot you just need a little you literally need you'll you'll be shocked at how small a portion you, you you will get for the price you pay for it yes but but that's all your body can take no, you don't need more, and you shouldn't have any. That's the thing about it. <laughs> I don't think we're convincing people not to try it. <laughs> I know. Yes, well, it's horrible, it's, but it's also delicious. <laughs> it's deliciously repugnant <laughs> is what it comes down to. Like, I can't, only the French, only the fucking French could come up with something so inherently delicious and cruel. And so... <laughs> It's one of those things that if you have the sort of ethics that you can't uh, uh, bring yourself to think about animal cruelty in any way, my suggestion is to never have it. You're, there's no part of it that is going to make you feel better about yourself. It's it's okay. It's okay to pass it on by. You don't need that experience. And I take this, and one of the reasons I, I tried it was once upon a time I worked in Japan. And the deal I made with myself when I started working over there was I couldn't be this tiny dicked goof who would say no to things that I was going to be offered. Like I was going to have a life changing experience on somebody else's dime. So if someone hands you something and says, eat this, you had better give it one or two chops. Yeah, yeah, I think that's like like that that's how it was kind of like it was like a tasting menu menu yeah, at this sure. at this restaurant I was at and I was like well you know you know life is too short let me try it like oh god my heart <laughs> <laughs> but on the other end of that on occasion you will be handed something and you put it in your mouth and you're like well I don't particularly care for that <laughs> and then you realize what is this and then go whale oh and you're like god. oh fuck you and then you're like Tom Tom Hanks and big just like 
trying to casually spit it into a napkin. Yeah, I was basically scraping my tongue with whatever was available in my mind, but I had to like gulp it and then just down a beer and Ugh. just pass on it. For the, but this is how you end up eating a wedge of whale or raw horse meat or a scorpion. And the scorpion wasn't half bad. Uh, how, how many times have people given you something to eat? You just ate it without asking what it was. Um, a fair amount. And I, I mean, at a certain point, like it's, it's like, let's torture the gaijin. And I get it. But it was also very team building because, you know, I am I was not the best manager, let's say, you know, and I had I don't know that I was built for telling people what to do in a stressful environment or teaching them how to act correctly. But um, I was still in charge to a certain degree of my particular disciplines. And so. If I was going to carry any weight with these people, I had to display a certain amount of humility. And that meant going out drinking, going out eating, and occasionally swallowing some scorpion parts. Like, <laughs> you just, you have to do it. And on a, you know, I, I certainly, the horse and the whale on the highest ends of, I never want to have that again. But I had plenty of things that I probably would not have tried but ended up loving as a result because i made that pledge to myself but you you don't have to listener you don't have to do that and so uh, i think there's plenty of people who would be okay with it and plenty of people who aren't so just it's there's no this is a no judgment zone when it comes to this because we also don't know if that foie gras is actually coming from a goose. Yeah, we it's not really we, we it's probably safe to assume that everything that Hannibal serves is made of people in some way. Like in the in the last episode he made um uh what did he call the breakfast in the last episode? Like like there was some sort of name for it. It was, oh. it was just sausage and eggs, but there was some sort of yes. uh but I'm sure the sausage was made of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> that the foie gras was made of people. Yeah, we don't we don't see it this time, but no. but you know it's probably safe to assume that that uh, you know he he's you know way into upcycling. Yes, but this is one of those plates that gets handed out. That is one of the the first times where I'm like, oh, wow, that is a really gorgeous. It's looking like I don't plate. care what that is, I'm gonna eat it. Yes, I mean that is a weird looking mushroom that kind of looks like brain, but um, it's a mushroom. And um, I would try it. That's the thing. Like, I, I think he presents it in such a way that you would feel weird saying no. And yet she does say, like, I'm going to pass on this one if that's OK. And she does it in such a way that she is not rude and therefore remains in Hannibal's good graces. So he's she's got that going for her. Also. Um, he probably doesn't want to eat her because we find out she is riddled with f stage four cancer. Looks great for Looks having great having cancer. having stage four lung cancer. Yes, I mean I I have a head when I have a head cold I just look like absolute shit, <laughs> but she looks like a supermodel. Um. Oh my god. Yeah, she's great. Um, and we it turns out, you know, she's going to see Hannibal to deal with her grief. 
she finally tells Jack that she is dying. And this weirdly, you know, dovetails with our central plot here. Right, because it all involves involves cancer and and being afraid of death and needing people to watch over you. Yeah, this is this is two episodes in a, in a row where they very cleverly have all the plots parallel each other in some way. And I think that's where we are from the get like they figure out how to start achieving their goals because they've laid enough groundwork that they stop worrying about convincing you that you're going to like this show about Hannibal Lecter. And they're like, no, 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 let's just like let's just like make a good show. And um, not that one through three are bad episodes, right? But, but a lot but, of shoe leather, right? 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 Like this is this is you know this is the episode in which you realize okay this isn't this isn't always going to be murder of the week, you know it, yes. it is you know here's the point where it starts to become character driven. Yes, and you still get a murderer of the week, a murder a murderer who sees a supposed security guard. Turns out it's not a security guard, just someone who dresses like that so he can do bad things, but. He gets hoisted up on scaffolding three stories in the sky. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to, because they had a really, there's a really great shot where, where it's just, you know, Will looking up and it, and it I mean, obviously on purpose looks like a church altar. Like, like, yes. like he's kind of strung up like, like a crucifix almost like, and, and even the lighting looks a little weirdly ethereal this is the most silence right 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 but all i could think is how did he get him up there there's pulleys and and heavy duty wire involved in this like he's wandering around with all this accoutrement or he was just on the work site like he works fast and there's a bump in that uh, my apologies to the unhoused but the person there is 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 presented as a drunk bum in that same alleyway and what does he just escort that guy like hey, here's a dime go get yourself some mad dog yeah okay, you okay buddy here's five dollars kick rocks uh meanwhile i'm gonna hoist this guy in in the sky and also take my own balls off and just walk away yes uh, you can't just sever your testes and just go all right well it's been an afternoon i'm gonna sleep this off <laughs> yeah th- this show definitely this episode definitely pushes reality like okay this is not possible because yeah. i mean we, we haven't even gotten to the ending yet where where this this guy he does this this uh they call it a um a blood eagle uh and yeah. uh he does it to himself yeah. and it's like okay that's that's not possible <laughs> I, mean, I i just you know i i'm not you know i'm not seeing it as a flaw against the show i don't think the show is trying to be realistic i think it's trying no. to 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 mash up you know actual legitimate behavioral science and and forensic technology with the fantastical and it it has no desire to be super realistic right it's just not its main goal it's operatic by its very nature so you just have to take it as thus. Yeah, which which in that case, I feel it, it's you know more resembling of of Hannibal the movie, which I again I'll mention this several times, particularly once we get into the series that kind of overlaps a little bit with the events in Hannibal, with yeah. particularly certain characters. I 
really disliked that movie a lot, but I thought it had some interesting set pieces like the the uh, uh, investigator basically getting hung on its own entrails, which yeah. which I was like, ooh. Yeah, that's that, nasty. That, <laughs> that book has two highlights, and I conversely, I think the movie has two highlights, and that's getting hung by your own entrails and getting served your own brain. Well, I mean, we're yeah, you know, we're also you know sexually molested with an electric eel. <laughs> oh my yeah, I, I, I we'll get again, we'll get to that later. That's that's <laughs> that's like some season. I think with season three, we start getting into that. It also starts overlapping with Red Dragon. But but yes. I, I have a lot to say about what Thomas Harris might have been smoking when when he he wrote that book. <laughs> Did you have you read his new one about a maid who fights off drug dealers? I have not. I understand it's terrible. Uh, I can't imagine it being good. I mean, he, <laughs> he's had a good book since Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, no, he so. yeah he shot his wad with Silence. He really he really really did. I didn't even read Hannibal Rising. Yeah, no, I, 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 I I did not read the book, did not see the movie. Learned my lesson. Um, so no thanks. Um, th- that uh, yeah, I mean, Jack gets confronted by his own imagination, where the guy is like talking to him. Turns out he's not. That's in his own head. Um, but now his imagination is running free, and one wonders if he's not coming uh, apart at the seams. Spoiler: He um, is. He is. <laughs> Totes is. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to choose your own death venture, it's really, again, this is more of a location based issue. Do you want to be bloody gold in a motel in Trenton, New Jersey, in an alleyway in Baltimore or a farmhouse in fuck all? I don't even remember. I mean, you know, my, my heart says New Jersey, but I also don't want to be found in like a sleazy motel. So I, I don't because know. New Jersey have non sleazy motels. You know that you, you you got me there. You got me there. But you know I think I'll take the scaffolding because I think that just looks really really dramatic. Oh, it's Totes Boss, and then maybe just maybe you get to watch somebody take their own balls off and walk away. Hey, you know what? If I'm dying anyway, I'll, we don't know that it happens right there. Is the other thing that's true? And we don't ever get an explanation as to why either. Just like, all right, uh, time for these to leave. Because, because, no, no, he said, we'll explain. He said because angels don't have genitalia. The, uh, the, the. But they don't start with genitalia. No, but he, he, but he he believes himself to be becoming an angel, and he's trying to hasten the process. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert: It doesn't work. No. Um, he's a bad, bad man. Um, yeah. Oh man, that whole uh, sequence in which the the guy's wife talks about how he reacts to being told he has cancer and how he deals with it just immediately goes back to I just get instant flashbacks of of Larry, my uh, my father in law, um, uh, and all those discussions and that that particular summer. Uh, 2014 that uh, we spent with them uh, as he shrank he shrank inside as the cancer grew inside and when I heard that I just it all came flooding back yeah this show like I said it it, it's fantastical but it but it kind of like touches you know very real nerves like with me in the last episode the the concept of you know kind of for better or for worse having to you know 
pull together a surrogate family for yourself and and you know the kind of you know benefits and drawbacks of having to do that and then you know something like this where where you know again the parallel is you know nobody knows how to deal with having cancer the right way you know especially when you are faced with the possibility that you're not going to survive this yes you know nobody nobody you know like like Crawford just thinks she should have been able to come to him and tell him, you know, you know, you I have bad news and worse news. <laughs> you know, the bad news is I have cancer. The worst news is I'm probably not going to survive. And and you know, as you could tell with Crawford's personality, he doesn't he doesn't he's not going to accept that that she's essentially said, well, there's nothing they can do. Yeah, because he's a person who does things. He's and he's very dogged in his in his approach to things. You know, and and we see that he does not take well to being argued with when when, no. you know, Graham barely raises his voice in, him <laughs> in one scene like, and everybody's like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> it's like that's later on describes it as that it, I, I had a tingle run through my body. Like when I heard my mom use the F word for the first. time. Yeah. And everybody's like, well, goodbye, because, you know, <laughs> Cropper's going to rip your head off and. Treat it like a basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Such a good show. All right. Well, that just about does it. Um, before we go, Gina, where can people find you on these here internets? I am on Twitter under Porcelain72, and you can check out my TV and movie writing at thespool.net. Do it today. We're on Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod. We got the Facebook page, which is more for announcements group, where we go into deep discussions and Post weird uh, horror memes and all that junk. Come and talk uh, Hannibal with us every single episode. Uh, we're on Instagram. We have a Patreon page if you want to give us some dough and get cool shit. And uh, that just about does it. Uh, so next week we will be back with Kill by Kill. Uh, so the body count will continue for myself, for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.